Hello and welcome to another edition of The Word with Jeff and Robin Pruitt. We're so delighted that you joined us today. People are getting fed on this broadcast, this podcast, I think, honey. Yeah, I I'm, I love that we get to do this. You know, um, we've always been one that's always, um, you know, done a midweek service and been able to bring the word. And, and you know, usually it's 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 you doing it. So this is fun that we get to do this together. Actually, I, I, I find it kind of... Um, Awesome, because it, it, it's a, I, I love the way you think. You think things through a little bit differently than I do. It brings a different perspective, and then I can kind of ping pong off of that, if you will, go back and forth on that. And so you probably pretty much know where I'm going with everything because you've heard me so many for so many years in front of the church, but it's just it's awesome. By the way, today was kind of busy. We had much of a time to talk today. We were just yeah. kind of going through all the getting everything ready. You were studying for a little bit, and I was... Yeah. I don't know what I was doing. I was on the phone with a few people today and getting yeah. some things, and then I finally got myself We've gone organized. in different directions today. And but we got a word. That's right. That's yeah. right. We, you know, and, and which we do when we do these podcasts, because, um, you know, we come up, we ask the Lord what to speak on. And then, you know, you go and you do some, you do your study and I do my study mm, yeah. and then we bring it together. And I love how God just orchestrates you know, what you have to say, what I have to say. And I'm always amazed afterwards. And I shouldn't be because we always pray, you know, before of, you know, Lord, just speak to us. What is it that you want to say to your people today? And I'm, I'm always just overjoyed by what he orchestrates. It's it's seamless because we, we serve the same God, one God. And that really is true for the church. If we're all praying and all fellowshipping with the Lord, then when we come to church and you hear the preacher preach, it ought to be maybe not the exact same subject matter, but it ought to be, there ought to be things in that preaching that goes, oh yeah, you were talking to me about that this week, Lord. It shouldn't be that much of a surprise, you know. Although we do learn and grow and there are things that, that uh, well, I come found, about. I found sometimes, you know, when, um, I, you know, I hear a message um, where I go, Lord, that's exactly, I've been, I've been needing an answer. I've been needing a direction. I've been needing something that's going to just bring me peace or bring me comfort or bring me in the right heading and, right. you know, get me <clears throat> motivated again to do what you've called me to do. And so sometimes it's like, I'm just asking for the Lord to give me something. And then the word comes and I'm like, that's exactly it. That's yeah. that missing piece that I needed this week to get me going where I need to go. Well, we always pray together on Wednesdays. That's our time to come, to come together on Wednesdays. You see, I want to pray together every single uh, day because uh, we love our marriage. Hallelujah. <laughs> In other words, a lot of times it's hard, it's hard for us to get together. It's like the enemy will attack us, but we definitely make sure that we have that one time a week that we come together in prayer, specifically with this. Actually, I think, I think that our dog is possessed because yeah. that dog will sleep you know, it's just a dog. She just curls up and sleeps. But as soon as we say, let's pray together, mm-hmm. I mean, she she goes ballistic. Like, she's just like, she wants to be in your face, and she runs and wants to be in my face. She wants a bone. She wants a treat. She, I mean, it's just... Yeah. It's um yeah she's possessed we got to pray for her <laughs> she's she's doing all right she's be okay <laughs> anyways today we're going to talk about trust we really felt especially you did honey about about this subject matter for people right now and uh, I'll let you fill in the blanks in just a moment but maybe you already have these definitions but I wrote this down down this is what trust means trust means an assured reliance on the character ability strength or truth of someone or something not doubting. One in which confidence is placed a dependence upon for the future and hope of something. Now, that 
probably bears repeating, but we won't. But also there's this other side of, of trust, which is distrust. And distrust means the feeling that someone or something cannot be relied upon to become leery, doubt the honesty of someone or something. And then there's the word mistrust. And that means suspicious of, have no confidence in, skeptical. Boy, we can see that with the government in the last couple of years with people uh, that have definitely become mistrusting of the government. But that's yeah. different than not trusting. But I'm, I just, I, I want to throw that one in right. as well. Well, can you imagine being in a marriage, you know, having being in a relationship and you don't trust that other person? Because what happens is, is and, and I actually had the definition here too, because, you know, um, it's, it's that you don't have the reliance on that person's character, that person's ability, right. that person's strength or the truth of someone. And, you know, so what a miserable time that your life is when you are in this relationship and you have no trust. But that's the same thing with, with God. God is saying, I want to be in this relationship with you, but you got to trust me. And God has never yeah. shown that in, that um, that we should ever feel like we can't trust him. No, he's never put that out. There. I mean, everything with God is that um, is the assurance that if he said it, he'll do it. Right. He's not a man that he should lie, or the son of man. Excuse me, that he should repent. So whatever God says he's going to do, he's going to do. He's the great promise keeper, and therefore we can put our total trust and reliance in him. Again, the definition is I can. This is what I can do with God. I can have my assured reliance on the character and ability and strength and truth of God, not doubting God, having confidence in God, dependence upon my future and my hope of God in my future. So, right. um, yeah, you can absolutely, if God said it, he'll do it. Right. Well, the reason that, you know, uh, this message, you know, just that word trust, I was actually in my <clears throat> Bible study time um, by myself and, and the scripture of Jeremiah came up and it was just, I mean, it was like sirens going off because, you know, we're so right now, it's like everybody's being so inundated with such terrible news. I mean, it's, you know, gas prices are soaring and, you know, get your Christmas presents now because there won't be anything, the, there's no food on the shelves, all these kind of things that we are being inundated with. And we have to get to that place of what are we going to do? Are we going to trust God or are we going to trust people? Are we going to trust God or are we going to trust his word? Are we going to put our lives in the hands of people and government and, you know, policies and situations and all these kind of stuff? And Jeremiah 17, verse 5, and this is, this is what kind of just you know, really shook me when I read this because it it really was just like cold water in the face. My mother used to do that. If 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 um we, when we were like young teenagers, you know, we were too old to spank, and you know, we weren't we never did anything, so you couldn't ground us from anything. Mm -hmm. We only ever went to church. But my mom, if we got like sassy, you know, we're back talking or you know fighting or whatever, it was like she had this magic glass of water somewhere on her body. You never saw it, but it was somewhere on her body because you could be standing right next to her and she'd be like, oh yeah, really? And have this glass of water and take it out and just throw it right in your face. Wow. I had my mom do that one time to me. Yeah. One time. And she That's else, a what else shock. Yeah. It's, it's actually, you know, torture. It's waterboarding. But yeah. other than that. Well, I mean. <laughs> you know, back then you could, you know, parents could do that. But I'm kidding. Th this verse was, this is what it says in verse five. 
This is what the Lord says. A curse is placed on those who trust other people, mm. who depend on humans for strength, who have stopped, I'm, I'm sorry, who have stopped trusting the Lord. If you are, you know, if you are afraid of things that are about to take place, if you are looking and hearing all these kind of stuff and you're like, oh my gosh, what about this? And now this, and I, you know, I need to, you know, I, I'm going to side with these people and I'm going to listen to what this, you know, um, group over here says. Sure. When you do that and you stop trusting God and you stop trusting his word, you are placing yourself in the very situation that you are afraid could happen in your life, a curse that is going to be placed on you. But verse six says this, they are like a bush in a desert that grows in a land where no one lives. Another version says, you have no hope for the future. A hot and dry land with bad soil. They don't know about the good things God can give. It goes on verse seven. Here's the best part, verse seven. But the person who trusts in the Lord will be blessed. So it's up to you. You can live under a curse. You can live under frustration. You can live under worry and fear. That's up to you. That has nothing to do with the gas prices going up. That's got nothing to do with COVID. That's got nothing to do with government situations. That has everything to do with who are you going to trust. And it says, um, but the person who trusts in the Lord will be blessed. The Lord will show him that he can be trusted. Another uh, translation says, and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. When you make God your hope and your confidence, it says he will be strong. You will. You're going to be strong when you trust in God and you put your hope and confidence in him, like a tree planted near water that sends its roots by a stream. It's not afraid when the days are hot. It um, its leaves are always green. It does not worry in a year when no rain comes. It always produces fruit. Another version says that they never stop producing fruit. When you trust God, it does not matter famine. It doesn't matter disease, sickness, cancer. It doesn't matter um, death. It doesn't matter with relationships. None of those things matter when you trust God, because when you put your hope and your confidence and you put your trust in God, the blessing of God overtakes your life and you will constantly produce fruit in a season when they say you shouldn't be powerful. able to produce. Man, that's so powerful. You know, um, I love that. I didn't know you were going to bring that scripture up. It's awesome. But, you know, when you talk about producing fruit, you know, um, Bible says 30, 60, 100 fold, talks about how we can produce. And, and if we sow seed, we get a harvest and that kind of thing. But I mean, it's interesting to see that trust can be a seed that is sown into God that, and there's some, I'll, I'll bear this out in just a moment, another scripture here, but, um, but I can see how trust can actually become a seed by which we plant by faith because our natural maybe circumstances are totally opposite of what we are trusting God for, but we do it anyways. And therefore it speeds the process up because how many times have God, has God set the, set it up for us and we failed to trust him, and therefore he could not bring the harvest. You know, God will 
he'll do it. He'll try it again. You know, he's always wanting us to be blessed. He's always wanting to set us up for something that's good. But how many times have we, have we failed to plant the seed of trust? And um, I, I was thinking about this today, about how um, uh, back when 9-11 took place, and there was always security checkpoints at the airport, but they were pretty minimal. But after 9-11 hit, Buddy, you it if you to get to the airport, it was like you were you were gonna be you know stripped down. You, if you had a belt on, you had to take your belt off. And you had to hold your pants up with one hand, and you know, and you know, and they're putting you in a, and every every so often they just handpick somebody and pull them over to the side and take the wand and make sure there's nothing that they got hidden. And then they're going through X-ray machines, and and what happened was. You notice at the airports, and that was just one little checkpoint, but notice at the airports that it would back up or backlog the system by which people were waiting in line for now a half hour just to get through to get to their plane or maybe even longer. So it's interesting that how that when there was a a distrust with the citizens of America because you didn't know who was who at that point. We could have somebody looks just you know, just like a normal person, but they may be there to bomb you, you know, or, or to kill you. And so we got to check everybody. When there was distrust, it slowed the process down. Mm. And I wrote okay. this down. When trust is low, it slows the process or the production, the produce that you talked about here in a moment ago. It slows it down and the cost goes up. Well, the plane cost went up. You could no longer have certain items on, on with you. Um, that you know They had to hire more people, TS, what is it, TS? Uh, yeah, TSA. Uh, TSA um, had to hire more people. The cost go up, which means that they they pass that that uh, that that cost on to the person buying the ticket. So now trust is low. It backs the process up. It slows it down, and the cost goes up higher. But when trust is high, it speeds the process up, and the cost is lower. So. With my walk with God, and you and I have always tried to do this, is that we want to trust God when it seems like it's impossible, when it seems like maybe it feels maybe it feels like he's abandoned me, but I know he hasn't. He's always come through for me, and he promised me to never leave me nor forsake me. And then I get this little scripture here, Psalms 9, 9, and 10. The Lord also will be a refuge, similar to what you're saying here, uh, for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble, and those who know your name will put their trust in you, for you, Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. So in other words, God is saying that there, God's not going to forsake us. Right. And, and he's already prepared the, 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 the harvest, if you will, or the circumstances that you need to go in your direction or, or prepared the person you need to network. He's already made the provision. My job now is to simply trust him. And honey, if I've known anything about faith, faith is an absolute trust in God. I don't have a safety net. I'm not trying to figure this out my, on my own. I mean, I've done the best I could. Now I put my trust in God to get the rest of this accomplished. Right. In the world today, you know, maybe the, the shelves are a little bit empty, whatever. That's going to change. I know it'll change. But, um, and uh, we're, we're dealing with a government that, I mean, the, the approval rating for this man is pretty pretty low. Uh, people are having a hard time with the, the, with the, the, the change and what's going on. And and truth of the matter is, is that we have, we have to make sure that we we continue to pray for America. But my point to you is this: is that I'm not trusting in the man no. to change this. I'm not trusting in a government to change this. I'm not trusting in in people or personalities to make the difference. I'm trusting in my God who gave me precious promises promises that He promised. I can't lie. And when I say it, it's impossible. 
If I said it, I have to do it. Right. And God says he puts his word above above his very name. Above Name means who he is. So he says, I place my word above that. In other words, I could swear by no one higher than by myself, he says in his word. So I swore by myself. I put my word above my very name. So he watches over his word to perform it, the Bible says. Therefore, we can trust him. Right. And it's tough on our psyche, isn't it? It's tough on our flesh. It's tough when you want to get mad and upset and join the crowd with everybody else that's, you know, tweeting this or social media and that, social media and that. I don't know how else to say this except for I've learned to shut that stuff down and say, I'm going to trust God no matter what. Right. You know what I mean? And put and put my reliance on him and then changes my verbiage, my words, our confession, which we talked about last week, right. changes everything, which you, changes my alliance. You, you know, um, a woman... A woman took her husband to um, to the doctor's office, and after his checkup, the doctor came in and he said, "You know, your husband is, you know, he's really suffering from a very serious infection." Well, the man, the husband had problems hearing, so he so he asked his wife. He said, "You know, what did the doctor say?" And the, she said, "The doctor says that you're really sick." But the hus- but the doctor said, "But there's hope. Mm. There's hope." The doctor went on and he said, "You know, you just need to help reduce." your husband's stress. So he says this, each morning, give him a healthy breakfast. Be pleasant, nice, and kind. For lunch and dinner, make him his favorite meal. Mm. Don't discuss your problems with him. It will only make his stress worse. Don't yell at him or argue with him. And most importantly, just cater to your husband's every whim. And if you can do this, for like the next six months to a year, I think your husband will have a complete recovery. Was the husband the, the husband, doctor? The husband said, the husband said to his wife, uh, what did he say? And the wife said, he says you're going to die. Oh my God. So That's terrible. The thing is, the thing is this, <laughs> it's not easy. When, when God says, listen... I mean, guys, listen, we can go through first, uh, first Peter three ten says for let him who wants to enjoy life and see good days, good, whether apparent or not. So it doesn't matter if you see it as good, or if you, you know, if it, if it looks out there, like it's actually good or if it's not good, if you want to enjoy life, keep, uh, you need to keep your tongue free from evil and your lips from guile. Mm-hmm. So it, it doesn't matter. Right. As long as you trust God, as long as you're willing to be able to say, God, I'm going to watch what I say and I am going to put my confidence, my hope, I'm going to put my faith in you. My trust is going to be in you. Psalms 37, three through five, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his, on his faithfulness. Right. Delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your ways to the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. There is scripture, write these down. Now listen, like and share right now. I don't care what you're in the middle of doing. Come on, hit the like, yeah. hit the share. Somebody needs to know that in their situation that they're going through, they're frustrated. They're they're hopeless. They they don't see a way out. They don't know. There, there's a curse that's operating on their life because they have trusting in mankind. They're trusting, you know, that their um, boss isn't going to fire them. They're trusting that, you know, that they're going to recover from this sickness, whether it's COVID, whether it's cancer, whether it's high blood pressure, heart disease, whatever it is. They need to begin to operate in trusting God because when they do, that blessing is going to be on their life. Psalms 56, three through four. Whenever I'm afraid, I will trust in you. 
and God, I will praise his word. And God, I have put my trust. I will not fear. What can flesh do to me? Psalms 511, but let all those rejoice who put their trust in you. Let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. Let those also who love your name be joyful in you. Keep, you know, um, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. And it goes on, Isaiah 26. Guys, there's so many scripture verses that are just saying in the situation that you're in, no matter what it looks like, because it, you know, there's going to be times when it's going to look the worst it can possibly be. Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to tell you, let me just, let me, and honey, I know you got, you got no, some no, great no, things. No, 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 I'm with you. But I was thinking of the story of Jehoshaphat in Second Chronicles, Second Chronicles 20. And here's Jehoshaphat. I mean, he's just trying to do right. He's just trying to, you know, be a, you know, a godly leader to his people. And now all of a sudden, somebody comes and tells him, hey, listen, just to let you know, there are three armies that are coming against you. They are forming an alliance, and all three of these uh, mighty armies are coming after you. And I started to think, isn't it just like there's always going to be somebody who's going to come and tell you bad news? Right. There's always someone that's going to come and tell you, hey, listen, you know, that's right. this is about to happen. This is going down. This is, you know. And here's four things that Jehoshaphat does. As soon as he hears this awful report, as soon as he hears that inflation is coming, as soon as he hears sickness is coming, as soon as he hears whatever the bad news that you're facing today, Jehoshaphat was facing this horrible news. Right. And that he was unprepared for. That he was unprepared for. That's right. Because the first thing that he does, and those four things that Jehoshaphat does, the first thing he does is he fears. And that's just human nature. Mm-hmm. We hear bad news. We see something on TV. We check that social media. Oh my gosh. What, guys, watch what you watch and read and listen to on social media, please. So, you know, um, the social media of the time was somebody was coming to tell him this is about to happen. And so he gets afraid. But then the very next thing that he does is he sets himself to seek the Lord. So whatever you're hearing, whatever you're seeing, whatever you're feeling, whatever you're experiencing, don't let fear be the stopping point for you. Don't let that be the thing that grips you and that's where you stop. Because the next thing he does is he he sets himself to seek the Lord. The third thing he does is he proclaims a fast. He's going to do something that is going to not be easy. Deals with the flesh. He has to deal with the flesh because right. it's so easy just to curl up on the couch with a bag of chips and Netflix and not deal with it. Right. Instead, he says, you know what? We got we to gotta do something here. Right. We've got to not just keep going the way we're going. We've got to do something different. And the fourth thing he does is he gathers everyone together to ask help from the Lord. And That's right. guys... Can I just ta- can I give you a scripture verse and and this is kind of going off topic, mm-hmm. but this it's in Second Chronicles that we're talking about right now. In verse eight, he begins to um, remind God who 
He is. And remind God what you've done for us and the past victories and what we've done in our relationship together, Lord. You can talk to God that way. God, remember, I have seed in the ground. Remember, Lord God, when it was hard, but yet I trust in you. You can talk to God that way. But in verse eight, I wanted to bring this up because you have been doing a series. You just ended it on Sunday about the importance of church. And uh, you got to get on uh, our Facebook page, get on YouTube. You've got to go back. Yeah, and if you've watch ever had any these. questions as to why we go to church or what the importance is of it, um, it's being it's always being challenged. But it seems like in this day and hour, it's been challenged more. Yeah. Um, watch it; it's non threatening. It'll it'll bless you. I think it'll encourage you. Well, and we're in the we're, guys. If you don't think we're in the last times, the end days. You know, you're missing it. You're sleeping. Yeah. And the Word of God talks about how we need to gather together even more. More. And when I used to read that scripture verses, you know, years ago, I would always be like, well, okay, but man, churches are going to be packed and, you know, all the people going and the new people are coming and all this kind of stuff. And never thought we would get to this day and age where we see more Christians Forsaking church, forsaking yeah, the yeah. gathering together. No it's, lightning bolts have come to strike me. I guess yeah. I'm okay with God. You know, thank God lightning bolts don't come when we're yeah. in, in, a, in a place of disobedience. No, we have to be obedient to God. Yeah. And I know that's hard in the flesh sometimes. I know that uh, I know there's a pandemic going on, and, and I know all that stuff. But at some point, we're going to have to trust God. Yeah. That's what this message is all about. Well, here Jehoshaphat in verse 8 says this. He's talking to God, and he goes, your people settled here. God, your people settled in this area and they built this temple to honor your name. They said, whenever we are faced with any calamity, any calamity, such as war, plague, or famine, Mm. we come to stand in your presence before this temple where Mm. your name is honored. We can cry out to you to save us and you will hear us and rescue us. Now, that, that verse on his own is amazing. It says, no matter what is going on, God, we can cry out to you and you will hear us and you will deliver us. Let me break in real but, quick, baby. Yeah, Let me break in real quick. Definitely. Um, there's another scripture, part of that scripture that talks about the fact that he said, um, now then I'm being rewarded with, I believe it's Mount Sierra and um, the uh, Philistines. And, um, and they've come to attack us. And we had opportunity to take them out, but you wouldn't allow us to do it. He actually got in a place of, well, when he said, don't be afraid to talk to God, don't be afraid because he actually had a kind of blaming God. Like, you know, we, we could have done it. We were strong and we could have take, taken them out. But here now the enemy's come to get us. We're not prepared. But God, see, that's why you trust him because there's a reason for it. God had a purpose. I'm not going to steal your thunder. And no, you talk no, about keep it. going. But um, he had a purpose for it because he's uh, at the end of this thing, they were going to pick up the spoils of war. And it took them three days to get the spoils of war. So not only did they destroy the enemy at the end of the story, but they're able to become very wealthy as a result of it. God led them to victory and wealth. What's God leading you to? It looks like a war that's overtaking you and you're surrounded on all sides like, oh God, you've abandoned me. No. You have to trust that he's aligned, aligned this, and got, he's got everything working for your good if you'll simply put it to the test, right. t- test of, well, of, of well, trust. Well, here, there, you know, the, this, the prophet is saying, listen, don't be afraid, don't be discouraged for this mighty army, uh, by this mighty arm, army, for the battle is not yours, but God. We love to sing that song. God, yeah. you know, you're mm-hmm. going to fight this battle. But in verse 17, it says this. You will not need to fight in this battle. 
Praise God. Can mm. you imagine mm. if some, you know, if if the Lord was able to, or a prophet comes and says, "Listen, you know, yeah, stores are going to be, you know, wiped out, and you know, and COVID is going to wipe out the world, and you know, and um, money is going to be worth nothing. All this kind of stuff." And and then God says, "Listen, don't worry. You do not have to fight this battle. This is my battle. You don't even have to fight. Praise God. I mean, yay. Let me sit back and let let me relax. God, you got this thing." But it goes on in verse seventeen. It says, "Position yourself, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is right, with you." Right. Okay. All right. So <clears throat> the battle's not mine, but I still have to position myself. I still have to stand still. I still got to see the salvation of the Lord. All right. He's with me. All right. That's that's pretty cool. I was going to just curl up on my couch and do absolutely nothing and let God do it, mm-hmm. but I'm going to stand and take my position. And it goes on to say this, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them for the Lord is with you. Okay, wait a second. God, you just said that I don't have to fight this battle. You just said that you're the one who's going to fight this thing, and it's your battle. But now you're telling me I still have to go out and do something. I still have to show up. I still have, you know, I still have to do my part in this thing. And your part is trusting God. However, He tells you, you need to trust Him. See, because trust is not, I don't believe it's just a blanket, you know, trust God and that's it. Trusting God might mean that you have to tithe. Trusting God might mean that he's going to ask you, go witness to your neighbor. And you're like, but my neighbor is crazy. But can you trust God that he will speak through you with an anointing that is going to set that person free? Trusting him is an action It's not sitting back and doing nothing. Trusting God is showing up on church on a Sunday and supporting your local church because somebody in that congregation needs to see you. Somebody that's there has just gone through hell and they need you there to be God's arms and to be his voice and to just go over and encourage somebody, to love on somebody, to tell them that they're amazing, to tell them that they can make it another day. Why do we go to church? We go to church because we go to honor God. We go to get filled with the word of God. We go as that corporate time of praise and worship, but we can't be selfish. We have to learn. It doesn't mean we just go just to receive. We got to go to give. And you need to do what God has called you to do, and that's trusting him. Yeah, but everybody, you know, but there's a pandemic going on. Listen, we see your social media. You're out there having a good old time and around tons of people. You can come to the house of God too. Maybe part of just trusting him is believing that when you go into the church, you're going to be just as safe as you are when you go into the club or when you go into the store or when you go into the mall, when you go into the movie theater, whatever it is you're doing. People are still getting married. People are still going to the grocery store. People are, nothing They're still going on vacation. And that's great. Live life. That's That's exactly right. The word of God says, if you want to enjoy life, trust him. But there has to be a point where we're going to say, God, what is it you want me to do? You want me to not only just position myself to stand still, to be able to see what you're about to do, but you want me to prepare and to go into battle. And it says, um, you know, that 
as they, what Jehoshaphat then said is, now we're going to praise God. If we're going to go into this thing, and we know the Lord's going to fight for us, but we're going to go into this thing praising God. We're going to go into this situation and just as we're trusting him, let's just rejoice. Let's just praise him. And as they were doing that, they didn't hear that on the other side of this mountain that they're climbing up to go into this scene of battle. They didn't know that on the other side that God had caused confusion with those three armies where all of a sudden they began to turn on each other. And by the time they got to the top, by the time they got up there, I mean, they're still singing, they're praising God, they're worshiping God. By the time they get up to the top and they look down, it's like what you just said a few minutes ago, everybody's dead. And what always amazed me in that story is that, you know, it talks about how it took Jehoshaphat and all his people three days to gather all the, the they said there was jewels there and, you know, um, silver and gold. And I always wonder, God, who goes into battle with all your diamonds on and your, your best jewels on and all you take to battle all your silver and all your gold with you? That makes absolutely no sense in the natural, but right. God put it on these people's hearts, gather all this stuff because yeah. once you die, it's going to go to my people. Mm-hmm. So, you know, your pra- I put this on here. Your praise has to be louder than the sounds of your battle. It's good. So whatever you're going through, you got, you might have to just turn some things off yeah. and begin to praise God. Don't listen to people. Don't put your trust in the people. Don't put your trust in what you see. And we got to, in this day and age, honey, we've got, you know, people are so much more concerned about offending people than they are about offending God. That's right. And it's like, well, you know, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to praise this, you know, because they're going to think that, who cares? You got to focus your attention and your time and your praise on God because that's the only way that you're going to see your victory in the battle that you're facing today because the blessing of God is going to be on your life because you're going to trust him. And it's not easy. You know, I was just talking to one of our elders on uh, Sunday and we were talking about the fact, uh, I think it was Sunday or last Sunday, we was talking about this podcast. And I, I was saying, yeah, you know, it's so easy to get up after we've studied and we're excited about the word of God. And we just go, you know what, you know, come on, people, we got to trust God, we can do all, you know, all things through Christ, that gives us strength. But you and I still have to once we're done with this, live yeah, it. It's real life. And it's yeah. not easy. And no. we're not trying to make it sound like, hey, in your situation, just trust God, go, come on, right. we can do it. But we do want to encourage you because it, it you are able, you can do it. It's not going to be the easiest thing. Right. It, 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 it's so much easier to trust people and to trust, you know, um, programs and to trust somebody mm. on social media that tells you to do something and you just say, oh, okay. It takes, you know, it takes a fight in you and a strength in you that you can rely on God for that strength to say, this isn't right. And this is how it needs to be according to the word of God. And I will do what God has called me to do. And I'm going to trust him that no matter what he's called me to do, no matter what he's told me to say, no matter the stance he tells me to take, God, I'm going to trust you. You know, he never promised us that we wouldn't go through a storm. 
He never promised us that we would we would be exempt from it. Um, but he did say he would see us through the storms. Right. And I know people, honey, are right now they're dealing with some storms in their life. Some of them are self-produced. They're self-inflicted storms, Start stuff that they started. Some of them are things that they didn't start and are out of their control. Regardless of how it is, people are in storms. And one of the things that I love about Peter is that Peter had this ability to do what you said. I'm not going to go with the flow of what everybody else is doing. And I don't care what it, what people might think. If that's Jesus, I want to get up, even though there's a storm, I want to get out of this boat and I want to, come, I want to go to Jesus. And the Bible says that, he says, Lord, if it's you, bid me come up on the water. So the new, that's the old, old King James. That's how I learned the story. And um, so I, it's always stuck with me. But bid me to come on the water. And Jesus said, he simply said, come. And upon that word, Peter got up out of that boat and started walking on that water to Jesus. Can you imagine, you know, for me, my personality, I would have been like, okay, Jesus, you said come. So what do you want me to do? Do you want me to like, you know, do I do this? Do, you know, how should I do? We want all the steps. And if it's, it's like, Lord, do you want me to do this? Give me the plan. Tell me that, you know, if I get out of this boat, what exactly is going to happen before I do it? Am I going to sink? Am I going to walk? Is it, you know, and... Sometimes God just says the one word. One word, come. And Peter gets up uh, uh, based on that word. And you say, what? which one was it? Was it faith or trust? I say both. I say that they're interchangeable. Yeah. But Because you, you can't simply, you can't have faith without trusting God. And so he trusts the word of Jesus. And he gets up out of that boat and he walks on that water to Jesus. But then what happens? He gets his eyes off of Jesus, and he starts looking at the circumstances that he's surrounded by. The wind is blowing. The waves are increasing. Um, and and the, he looks back and sees the boat's about ready to sink, and he's thinking to himself, how am I doing this? How am I walk, How am I getting by every month? God, how am I doing this? Somehow I'm getting a miracle every single month. This can't be happening. And so... Um, people start thinking all kinds of different thoughts in the midst of the fact that they're walking out to Jesus. And um, Bible says so when he got his eyes off of him, stopped trusting him, he trusted in the waves and the wind, and then he began to sink. He was on that water walking until he stopped trusting in Jesus. Yes, he got his eyes off. Yes, his faith waned. But it was a trust factor here. And But the good news is that Jesus doesn't leave him there. He says, help me, Jesus. Help me, Lord. And the Lord picks him up and carries him back to the boat where he was safe and sound. I think my point is, is that is that you can't lose in trusting him. No. Even if you falter and fall or fail and sink, he's going to be there to pick you back up. You cannot lose. And so I believe, prophetically speaking, God is saying to the church and saying to us, God spoke to me recently. He's given me a couple of words I have not yet been released yet to tell the church. I will uh, when the time is right. You know, I pray into these things first. I have shared um, at least one of them now with uh, elders. I haven't shared the other one yet with the elders. He hasn't released me to do that yet. Um, and so I'm praying about those things. And, and one of the things that God did say to me personally as I was praying, he taught, told me to turn to a specific place, and I did. 
And it was the story about uh, Jesus. He needed to preach. The multitudes were thronging him. He's at the beach and he, he's being surrounded. So he sees two boats and he chooses one and gets in the boat and goes on. It happens to be Simon Peter's. And he asked Peter to take him out there. And so he got out in the lake and starts preaching. And of course, you know, out in the lake, it's amplified. So he, I mean, it was genius of Jesus. He could preach and everybody could hear him because it was amplified off the water. And um, he's there. And um, after he's done, he rewards the one who offers the boat to him or lets him use the boat and then obeys him and take him out into the water. And he says, all right, he said, Peter, he said, now you get some men together and you launch out into the deep and let down your net for a catch. And Peter, of course, said, Lord, we toiled all night. We haven't caught anything. And nevertheless, nevertheless, at your word, I'm going to trust you beyond my expertise. I'm a fisherman. You're a carpenter. <laughs> you're a newly, you know, a well-known evangelist, but you haven't even been doing that very long. I'm the guy who fishes and you're telling me my business, but. I'm going to trust you anyways. That's, honey, is what it, what we're talking about today. Trusting God beyond your expertise, beyond your experiences, beyond your past experience or your past circumstances, beyond what your mom and dad couldn't accomplish or your, you know, your in-laws couldn't accomplish. I don't know why I said that. Maybe somebody need to hear that. But I'm saying that to you to let you know. And when he did that, he obeyed the Lord in that they couldn't get enough uh, nets to get the, the they call it the drought, the drought, which was the harvest of fish to bring them in, had to call in other partners to help them get that that catch in. And he was blown away. He said, my Lord, my God, I should have trusted you earlier. But I, I, I'm so glad at least I decided I'm going to trust you enough to at least do it, even though I didn't believe right. it was going to happen. Because it's very easy. We tend to, you know, look at situations where God, where we feel like as if God didn't, produce. Yeah. God didn't show up. Yeah. Um, you know, you got the disciples that are in the boat with Jesus and the storm comes and they're freaking out and they're like, Jesus, you're asleep. Come on. And we, sometimes we can feel like that of Jesus. Don't you see what's going on in our life? And you, you're sleeping, but it comes down to trusting, trusting today. It doesn't matter what happened. You know, what happened yesterday? We, we, we look at situations where we go, God, you didn't follow through with this, and I thought you were going to, and I prayed, and I did that. You know what? We we can sit from now till Jesus comes and try and figure it out, trying to analyze it, try to get answers. But at this moment, um, Matthew 6, 34, give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. Mm. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. Don't get worked up about what happened yesterday. That's my own little, you know, I'll, sure. I threw that in. Sure. But God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. Because nowhere in my Bible does it ever say that God, will, you know, healed all disease except for. Yeah. Nowhere in there does it ever say God will meet your need except for when inflation hits. Guys, we put those thoughts, we put those stipulations on God is our healer. God is our deliverer. God is, our, you know, God is for you. He's not against you. God is going to fight the battle for you. If you can just at this moment Begin to focus on what God is doing right now. Do this, honey. We only have a few minutes left. Would you take a moment and just pray? Pray that, what you were talking about, how that it's it's over the sickness, it's over the disease. People are dealing with that right now. They're dealing with stuff in their bodies, their finances. They're dealing with stuff with their with their, with their loved ones, um, with their job. Um, and just 
plain fear in general. Yeah. Just just pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, yes, Lord. I bind the spirit of fear yes, that Lord. would try to get their focus and try to get their attention on things and on people mm. and, on, and on situations. But God, we put our focus and our trust and our faith and our confidence, our hope, Father God, lies in you and in your word. Lord, you died on the cross. God, you sent your only son to die mm. so that at this moment today, at this time that they are watching this broadcast and they are dealing with some situations and they're going mm. through some hard times and they feel like as if there's no way out. But God, your word is still true. Your word still stands. Your word, Father God, sets us free, delivers us, yes. heals us. It sustains us. And in the name of Jesus, Father, let this anointing flow to every single person that's watching or every single person that is listening to this right now, Father God. Let an excitement begin to stir up on the inside of them, Jesus. Lord God. Let a praise and a worship begin to come out of their mouth, knowing God that as they are walking towards that battle as they're walking towards a situation that just seems like it's it they feel like as if it's about to take them out but god you are still god and you will fight this battle for them as they show up father god as they show up with a praise and they show up with a worship father god as they show up just trusting you the battle will be theirs in the name of jesus yes and i just want to just Again, encourage you. Amen. Whatever you're facing right now, can you turn off the news? Turn off social media. Turn off people that are just going to try and get you to focus on natural things right. instead of the spiritual things. Turn those things mm. off and just spend time with God. As you begin to spend time with Him, your trust level is just going to keep going to new levels. Your faith in God is just going to keep rising to new levels. Um, I was uh, there's an old Tom Cruise movie, and uh, I forgot I totally forgot the name of the movie, but he's talking to this woman, and he was saying, "Listen, if you are with me, you know you can either be." With me, um, how does he put it? I, I wrote this down. Oh, I didn't write it down. But he talks in there and he goes, with me, without me. If you're with me, it's going to be good. It's up here. But without me, it's going to be down here. You're going to be on your own. You're going to have to deal with some things. And, you know, Tom Cruise, Rain Man. you know, he's just, no, it's not Rain Man. It's just a different kidding. one. But anyways, it was probably not maybe some Mission Impossible. But come on, guys. With God... We get to live the abundant life. With him, we can be victorious. With him, we're above and not beneath. Without him, you're going to deal with bottom feeders down here, and you're going to live with amen. frustration. So let's just put our faith Great and word. our trust in him. Amen, amen. Well, this has been the word. With Jeff and Robin. No, no. I'm, oh, what? I'm, we're, we're trying to come up with a, catch, a catchphrase for the end. How and you're this? just trying to come up with yeah, it now? I thought maybe you'd get it by the spirit, <laughs> but you didn't. This has been the word, and let me should point to the camera and say, for you. And they'll put the center oh, that's camera that's so cheesy. It. it is, but it works. we got to come up with a better one than that. Let's try for today. Maybe Ready? we should ask. Maybe we should ask people no, what's a good ending. I don't want to. I want to do this one. Right you want to? What this, are we supposed to do? This will be the. I say, and this has been the word, and we then we point at the camera and say, for you. Ready? <laughs> oh, yeah. Ready? Yes. And this has been the word for, for you. you. Until next time, God bless you guys. Bye.